the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Well, good morning. I want to welcome those of you who are here, those joining online. It's so good to have you with us. I want to ask you as we begin, has there ever been a time when you've been in the middle of a conversation with someone and you realize that, that for the past couple of minutes you've been kind of smiling and, and nodding along, but for the life of you, you can't think about what that person has just said for the last two minutes. You're laughing because, yes, that happens to all of us. It's very common that we just get caught up in whatever is going on inside our minds and we just forget to listen. Because listening well actually takes work. And it's this art and discipline and practice of listening that we're going to focus on today as we continue our series centered on our mission as a church, as a people, to always be actively and intentionally inviting people to come to know God. I love that call to worship this morning that reminded us of God's story and how it has impacted our story that we've been brought from a place of being lost to a place of being saved. And now it's our privilege to share that story, to declare it to other people as we invite other people to know God. Because we long for people to have that relationship with God, that same relationship that we've been blessed with, that they would come to know him personally through his son, Jesus Christ, that they would have that life-saving and life-transforming encounter with the grace of God. And so these five weeks, these, in these five weeks together, as we focus on this intentional act of sharing the story and everyday practices that we can use uh, in our encounters with other people, we're using the word, the acronym BLESS, to guide our time together. B-L-E-S-S. BLESS reminds us that we can be a blessing to the people around us, the people that God brings into our lives in ways that allow them to come face-to-face with the love of God through us by His grace. In the letter B we began with last week, we saw it stands for begin with prayer. We begin with prayer because we want to thank God, first of all. We want to thank God that He has blessed us in our lives with all that we need, blessed us with a relationship that has transformed us from the inside out. We begin with prayer because we want to ask God, for the courage, for the insight, for the wisdom, for opportunities in our everyday lives to share his love with the people around us. We begin with prayer because we want to listen to God, to allow for moments of silence and ask that he would speak to us, to guide us in our lives. Many of you in this past week signed up for the Remind app that we've been using to remind ourselves of opportunities we have to begin with prayer to begin each day in prayer, to begin interactions and conversations with other people in prayer. And it's been encouraging to me uh, to see how there's, even, there's been a response to that, that app as people have said, this came at a good time. I'm heading into a, a conversation that I need to be reminded to pray about. So it's not too late to sign up. There are printed instructions on the way out this morning on either of the uh, small tables on either side. And uh, for those joining online, there is a button or a tab under the uh, sermon page where you can click to join the Remind app. We'll continue to use that 
throughout this five-week series, to stay in conversation throughout the week. It was exciting at the end of uh, last Sunday, at the end of the fellowship time, to have someone come up to me and say, hey, hey, Pastor Ben, it's already happening. I said, well, like, what do you mean? What's happening? He said, well, at the end of fellowship time, there was a a vendor that came in uh, to look at some painting that needs to be done here at the church. And he just started asking questions about the church. And so I prayed one of those five-second prayers that we were talking about. A prayer like, Jesus, help me to show your love to this person. God, help me to be a blessing in this conversation. And he said, as we began our conversation, he started asking questions not just about our church building, but about us, about us as a church, and even about the Christian faith. And he was encouraged that that God was providing an opportunity for him to listen and to begin to share. This week we begin, we shift to the letter L in BLESS, which stands for listen with care. Somebody grabbed me on the way out last Sunday and and said, like, what about the other letters? What's going on? I thought this was going to be a five-point sermon. I said, no, it's a five-week series, so you need to keep coming back. (laughs) We're going to kind of keep you going here. So B, begin with prayer. L, listen with care. Not just listening, but listening carefully, actively, attentively, listening responsively, listening as an act of care and love. This morning we'll learn from the model of one of Jesus' early followers, a man we see in the book of Acts. Philip was a man who we're told was, was full of the Holy Spirit. And we see in the story in Acts 8 that he seemed to have somehow developed this ability, this skill of being able to listen well, almost to listen with one ear to the voice of God and with the other ear to the voice of the people around him. So let me give you some context for today's passage in Acts 8. Early in the, chap- in the early chapters of Acts, we see that Jesus after he had risen from the dead, met with his disciples and said, stay put in Jerusalem. You need to wait here for the coming and the blessing of the Holy Spirit. And we saw that that promised gift indeed arrived on the day of Pentecost. The Spirit came in power. It was the beginning of a powerful season in the life of the early church. We saw that there was uh, potent preaching and there were amazing miracles that were performed. The church was growing. And the church began to, to grow so explosively, in fact, Ministry was spreading so quickly that we're told in Acts chapter 6 that there were some people that began to be overlooked. And in Acts 6, we see that the church decided to appoint godly, spirit-filled people to lead and serve in a vital ministry of the church to make sure no one was overlooked in the distribution of food. And one of those godly leaders was Philip, not the disciple named Philip, but this Greek man appointed to make sure no one was overlooked. He had a Greek background that would allow him to be kind of a cross-cultural bridge and advocate between the Hebraic Jews, the Hebrews, and the Grecian Jews, the Greeks. And then in the opening verses of Acts 8, we read that a great persecution broke out against the church. It began in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Now, as you hear those three place names, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, it may sound familiar. You may remember that a few, just a few weeks ago, we talked about Jesus meeting with his disciples and charging them 
to go out, beginning in Jerusalem, then to spread to Judea and Samaria, and then even to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so here in Acts 8, even though the church was facing a time of persecution and scattering, I'm sure people were confused. There was a lot of questions, I'm sure. But here already, they found themselves in three out of the four places that Jesus had told them they needed to go. And this is where we pick up our story as we look at Acts chapter 8 this morning. So let me read for us beginning in verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. And so here in Acts 8, we see that even though the disciples were scattered, they were uh, on the run from those chasing them down, they continued to be faithful in proclaiming God's word, preaching the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip was one of the seven men selected by the church to oversee that food distribution in Acts 6. But here in Samaria, he finds himself quickly to be an evangelist. He's sharing the good news about Jesus. He's actually performing miracles much like Jesus himself had and that the apostles had done. He's having an incredible impact. People are coming and listening and receiving the good news. And because of his work, there was great joy in that city. So I imagine this was a high point in the life of Philip. Things were going great. He had a flourishing ministry. But in the middle of all this, he received his next assignment. And this is where we pick up the story beginning in Acts 8.26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, And on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? He asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself? Or someone else. Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, The spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, 
but went on his way rejoicing. This is a pretty amazing story. It's a story that begins with Philip literally being plucked up out of his vital ministry and brought somewhere else. God's Spirit, we're told, pulled him, plucked him up out of the middle of where everything was going well and led him instead to the middle of nowhere. Luke, who wrote Acts, makes it clear that this is a very desolate, isolated place. He says the road to Gaza, you know, the the desert road, that dusty, forbidden place in the middle of nowhere. And this morning we learn from this story what it means for us to be able to listen to God and to listen to the people around us with care. In this account, we're told that the angel of the Lord told Philip where to go. Now, we're not exactly sure how that happened. And personally, I'm kind of encouraged by that ambiguity. We're just told that the Spirit told him to do that. I think maybe we imagine this this audible voice, but maybe it was simply a stirring in Philip's heart. Something that might seem more familiar to us, maybe more accessible to us as everyday Christians. But we do know that Philip needed to be attentive and responsive to the Spirit's voice. And he was open to God's next step for him. And so for us today, as people who choose to be attentive and responsive to the voice of God, we'll need to be praying that we can listen well to the Spirit's voice. Michelle Sanchez, who's the executive minister of Make and Deepen Disciples for our denomination, the Evangelical Covenant Church, writes this. As you seek to make disciples, pray. Pray, not just so that you can talk to God about people, but so that God can talk about people to you. Pray so God can guide you. The Holy Spirit longs to guide you about whom to speak to, where to go, how to love, and what the next step is. But he usually doesn't shout. The Holy Spirit typically whispers and invites us to listen. He whispers, so we'll lean in and stay close to God on the journey. And as you pray, listening for the whispers, feeling the nudges of the Holy Spirit, realize that the Spirit typically does not reveal the entirety of God's missional plan to us all at once. God's style is to lead step by step by step, just as he did with Philip on the desert road. End of quote. So Philip was told to go to a desert road. Then he was told to go up and stand beside the chariot where a man was reading from the prophet Isaiah. And then we see the rest of the story unfold beautifully as Philip seems to have this sense of what the next step should be in that conversation. In this story, we learn not only about the faithfulness and the power of the Holy Spirit to guide us, but we get a sense about how the Holy Spirit tends to work in the life of a believer. There are three things we can learn about how the Holy Spirit might operate in our lives. First, we see that the Holy Spirit nudges us to bless people around us, especially those people who might find themselves on the margins, those people who may not find themselves as apt to be listened to as others. This Ethiopian official actually would have been in a place of considerable power in several ways. He was highly placed in the government of the queen. He had authority. 
He was no doubt well paid. He probably enjoyed economic privilege compared to Philip. But there were two major factors going against this Ethiopian official that would have made him an outsider in the early Christian church. First, he had a Gentile background. He's somebody who didn't come from the Jewish tradition. We get a sense that he was a convert to Judaism because he had been at the Passover festival in the city, but he was an outsider. And then secondly, as a eunuch, as someone who had been neutered surgically, he would have been banned from entering the temple. And so here this man at the margins found himself at the center of God's plan for him that day. Because there were no doubt many people to whom Philip could have been whisked away by, by the Spirit to that day. But God had a divine appointment, had this encounter in mind. This Ethiopian eunuch became Philip's special assignment. And it's believed that this official who so joyfully embraced Christ and Christianity went on, went back to his country and played a key role in the establishment of the Christian church in Ethiopia, a church that continues to thrive today. Second, we see from this story that the Holy Spirit guides us to come alongside people and listen to them. The Holy Spirit told Philip to go up to the chariot and to stand by it. And I love how it says he actually ran up. He was so eager to obey and respond. He ran up and he sat and he listened. He paid attention to what was going on. And we see that because the very first thing that comes out of Philip's mouth is a question. It's a question because he had paused and he had, he had paid attention to what this man was doing, to what he was reading. And in his question, he makes it obvious that, that he's been listening, that he cares, that he's curious, that he wants to hear from this man on the road as he asks, do you understand what you are reading? Philip listened to God and then he went and listened to another person. And as he listened, he waited patiently. He asked questions. And in the end, he pointed the person to Jesus. And then God did his part. Because there's nothing that Philip could have done that would make the person believe in Jesus, that could have made this man uh, receive the truth of Christ in his life. He pointed to Christ. He used the scriptures to point to the truth about Jesus as the Messiah, but then God did his part in granting the gift of faith. And as Jesus tells us to go and make disciples, we go and we preach and we teach and we listen and we care and then rely on God's spirit to move in people's lives. And this brings us to the third lesson from the story as we see that the Holy Spirit brings joy to us and to others when we listen to the voice of God and to the people around us. At the end of the story, we're told that Philip is, is mysteriously whisked away by the Spirit. He's no more in sight. After the Ethiopian man was baptized, Philip was gone, and the eunuch didn't see him again. But we're told that he went on his way rejoicing. I'm sure that seeing Philip suddenly vanish from sight was a bit unsettling. I'm sure it was jarring. But we're told that the man left that day with the primary response in his heart being one of joy, not confusion and question. 
Nothing could shake that joy because the Spirit was already at work in him from the inside out. And Philip, if you go on to read, we're told, was already on to his next assignment. But we can imagine his joy that day as he saw at the end of the day how God had used him on that road to lead someone to a life-changing encounter with Jesus. Earlier this week, or, or last week, I had an opportunity to uh, sit down, at least by Zoom, virtually, with Michelle Sanchez uh, for a conversation. As I said, Michelle leads our Make and Deepen Disciple efforts for our denomination, and she's one of the architects of this BLESS initiative for the church. So I invite you now to listen to this conversation about listening. Well, Michelle, welcome. We are so glad you're with us. Our congregation is excited about BLESS. We are uh, continuing our conversation. We're in week two, which as you know is L, listen with care. And so we've been spending some time uh, this morning in the book of Acts, seeing how Philip, uh, this, this uh, disciple of Jesus, was somehow able to listen almost simultaneously to the voice of the Holy Spirit, it seems, in one ear, and then to listen well to this Ethiopian man he met on the road that day. And I know as we often think about, think about evangelism, we focus on what it is we want to communicate, what we want to share, what we need to say in terms of communicating the truth about Jesus. But for you, as someone who I know is a passionate evangelist uh, seeking to help churches make disciples, I'd love to hear your perspective on why listening and listening with care is such an important component of evangelism. Well, thank you so much, Ben, for having me. I always love an opportunity to chat with you. Um, listen, so I am a big fan of every single letter of BLESS, and they are all a vital part of the evangelism journey. But L, L has a special place in my heart. Um, you know, Barna did a research study, which was fascinating. It was all about evangelism. And what they did was they asked non-Christians what qualities they most wanted to see in Christians. And the number one answer that non-Christians gave to that question, what do you most want to see in Christians, was listen without judgment. Hmm. 62% of non-Christians said they would love a Christian that was able to listen <laughs> without judgment. Wow. Yeah, okay. wow. But then there was a very, very convicting follow-up question, which was, how many of you personally know a Christian like that? Okay, and only a minority, 34%, say that the Christians they know personally possess this quality. So there is a pretty big gap there. And I, I think that one of the things that we learn from a study like that is that people are still interested in spiritual conversations, but they really are interested in a conversation. Mm -hmm. They're not looking to us for confident declarations. The reality is you can find all the information you want about anything, just Google it, right? What people want, they want to engage in dialogue and they want to, to know that they're gonna be heard and they're gonna be respected regardless of where they're coming from. So another reason why we want to listen well is because Jesus did. Okay, what would Jesus do? Jesus would listen. And so how do we know that? We know that because apparently um, somebody, not me, somebody's counted 
and he asked at least 330 questions in the gospel. This is crazy if you think about it. Why did he ask so many questions? Okay, and I can tell you it's not because he needed the answers, right? Because he was ignorant or something. I mean, he was the Lord. So he asked questions because he loved people. See that connection? He asked questions because he loved people. He knew that questions had the power to build relationship. And they do so in so many ways. They demonstrate that we get that people's stories matter. They demonstrate a kind of humility and a gentleness and a willingness to grow. They help us to gain insight too, and this is important, to gain insight into people's real hopes and their dreams and their wounds. And when that happens, we can also listen out of the other ear and hear how God might have us minister to them in that. Mm -hmm. Final thing I'll, I'll share with you is just that you know, my favorite experience of sharing the gospel was with my best friend, Athena, whom I met in college. At the time, she was a Buddhist, and I had grown up Christian. I had no idea where to begin with this girl. And I just prayed and prayed and prayed months and months and months, um, totally confused about how to even begin. And I really feel like one day God put it on my heart, just start with questions. Just start by asking questions. And so I did. One day I got home and I said, hey, we've never talked about faith. Tell me more about what your faith means to you and what, what you believe and why. And lo and behold, she asked me a lot of the same questions back. And it started a great spiritual conversation. Years later, she came to receive Christ. Wow. So yeah, <laughs> listening, it's pretty important in my evangelism life. <laughs> Amen. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being with us today. And uh, thank you for your work on Bless. And I know uh, you're praying for Bethany Covenant as we continue this journey. So thanks so much, Michelle. God bless. I love those three words that she shared. Tell me more. If we can season our conversations with those words, I just wonder how God would use those opportunities for dialogue, conversations, friendships to open up that allow us then to share the love of God in some tangible way. And so I encourage you, uh, practice those words this week in your conversations. Tell me more. I'm curious. I care. I want to listen to you. As we continue this journey, we know, we trust that God's Spirit will guide us. The work of God's Spirit isn't limited to the Gospels or the book of Acts. The work of the church, the acts of the church continue today and God's Spirit continues today. And so God will guide us by His Spirit. He'll empower us by His Spirit. And I pray that each of us would become more attentive to the work and the voice of God's Spirit in us even this week. Would you join me in prayer? Holy Spirit, thank you for guiding us. So often, Spirit, we, we ask you to illuminate our lives. Help us make sense of what's going on. And then you answer by, by giving us a mission and helping us illuminate Jesus. May we find true joy in listening for your voice and in blessing those around us. 
as faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen.